0: Welcome to our Saturday simulcast. That exhale went for Ryan Walters and Purdue, I think, because they pulled one out of the fire today—a thirty-five to thirty-one victory. I had to look at that number again as the Boilermakers beat Indiana in the bucket game and uh, win the Old Oaken Bucket to, uh, in, in, in heart-wrenching or heart-heart-stopping uh, style, I should say. I want to thank the Union Club Hotel uh 811 bistro boiler up bar there might be some things going on there tonight i would think after the purdue win um tom deanhart i'll start with you uh i guess just some reaction uh coach ryan walters was pretty stoic on radio with tim newton uh but uh hard to hard to minimize i know these are two three and eight teams and we all we are not going to debate whether momentum goes into the offseason we're, we're fair on that one too <laughs> but, no debate no debate. But right. <laughs> it's got to feel good for Ryan and staff, uh, for Ryan Walters and staff to get the job done. And and did you see any of that in post game in, in terms of that feeling?
1: Yeah, you know, he was a little, uh, he was a little muted, Alan. Um, wasn't overly joyous, you know. I think he understands the situation, right? I mean, four and eight's great, but uh, I think we all know he probably wanted more and as you look back at the season, you would have should have could have yourself to death on some of those games. Um, but here we are, right? As you said, better to end the year with a victory, obviously than a loss, especially against your rival, You get to keep the bucket. And, um, and again, he had a, he had a comment. I asked him a question and he had, uh, he had a comment about how, and you know, this is just the beginning. He hopes this is the last time he's home for the holidays, why he's the Purdue football coach. So, um he knows he ha- has a lot of work to do guys he talked about hitting the recruiting trail of course first of all the portal opens december 4th that's that's priority number one i expect next week could be busy with with guys jumping in and signing days december 20th and guys you also mentioned he's going to be busy fundraising so there you go <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> fundraising Put it on the list and yeah. initiatives and whatnot so yeah again uh uh I think he's appreciative of, 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 again, winning this game, but he he wasn't overly joyous about it. He did cite some progress. He saw some progress from the defense, some progress from the offense along the way as well. And I think he understands that most importantly, this this, this is just a first step. It's nice to exhale, like you said, Alan. But again, uh, he's under no delusions of what he's up against here. He knows he has hard work to do.
0: You know, Mike, Hudson card was – I don't want to uh, overstate it, but he was pretty good in the second half, made a couple big – well, made the play of the – it might have been the play of the year, I don't know, but it may be overstated, but the, the one when he escaped the sack and right. and made that pass down down in, toward the All north right. end zone that really put Purdue in a position to win this football game. But just talk about his play and and what that meant as uh, Purdue ended the season, yes, with a 4-8 record, but uh, with a with an important win over Indiana.
2: I thought his legs were the difference all day. Yeah, and no he was elusive. Um, I think he frustrated IU's defense. Now, uh, a lot of things can be true in this situation. Hudson had a great game. He was able to scramble out of trouble, but IU's tackling was horrendous. And yeah. I, knowing IU's football history, I think that's probably been a theme all season. Uh, so they've had they've had a lot of problems, but you can't deny what he did with his legs either on design runs or getting out of trouble, getting outside the pocket, keeping plays alive, uh, even on his touchdown run late in the game. Uh, it looked a little designed, but still he was able to weave his way through traffic mm-hmm. uh, and get in the end zone. And, you know, he made some big, big-time big throws, some key throws, um, and, and good for him playing with a rib injury and um, showing a lot of toughness and taking some hits. Uh, there was one there in the fourth quarter I didn't know if he'd get up from, but he did. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, yeah, it's his his value as the quarterback, I think, has been shown in the two games he's played here in the last three. You know, he didn't play against Northwestern. So you look what he did against Minnesota. You look what he did against IU. I mean, he has to feel good going into the offseason about what the offense accomplished, what he accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that does give them something to build on as you go into the next few months and go into the spring ball, but it's clear that they need more talent around him. Uh, He needs to elevate his play in certain situations, but a good game for him and a way to kind of move, you know, try to move forward from the season.
0: You know, one of the stats, I thought maybe the stat of the game is Indiana gets 13 tackles for loss. Tom, Only one sack on card. I mean, that's an interesting deal. Maybe it was in in, like, you're right, Mike, some uh, spotty tackling or not wrapping up card when they had chances to do that. uh, Certainly was part of that. But, uh, you know, a little bit of resiliency there to be able to get the job done. Tyrone Tracy, who did not have a big day but had a couple big runs at the right times. Devin Mockaby. I thought also the fourth down choice to, when Purdue was kind of dead in the water again, uh, and uh, they they go for it and and not only go for it but really have one of the one of the few plays this year where Purdue really had somebody on their heels on the touchdown pass to Mockaby was extremely important. Uh, Tom, put that all in perspective from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I asked Hudson about that play, Alan. It was they were losing twenty eight to eighteen early in the quarter, and the game was obviously very much in peril there and. Fourth and, um, what? Fourth and two or whatever. Yeah, they just had a loss,
0: right? In the play before to make it fourth and two, he and thought, "Oh my, here we go again." But go ahead. Yeah, and Mike and I were
1: talking about that. I think we looked at each other in those <laughs> situations, sort of kiddingly knowing produced struggles, right? And yeah, you know, uh, Hudson said they they had that play obviously for a while. They're waiting for the right time to use it, and they executed it well. They and I was in a defense they thought it would work, and boy, wide open. Devin Mock, I mean, he makes his very first touchdown catch of his career going 38 yards to cut to cut that lead to 28 to 25 and you could call that to play of the game if you want but for me you know um, uh, you know that last drive for Purdue the 44 yard pass to Deion Burks where we laid out and caught it then card followed up with a 10 yard draw for, for Pater. but I, I I guess I like the the game ceiling tackle by Nick Scorton right yeah as Purdue's, I mean, as I use driving down the field there, you got a feeling they're going to be throwing in the end zone when this clock's ticking down, and they're inching their way down toward that south end zone. Uh, but they came up against them, um, a fourth and short as well, and they were going to let Soresby try to do his thing, and that's where Scorton snuffed it out, uh, extinguished the drive, turned the ball back over to Purdue, game over. You talk about big-time players making big-time plays. That's what it is exactly about. That's what a star does. That's exactly what Nick, Nick Scorton is. I think we all can agree with that, the Big Ten's leader in sacks. So that was big against Scorton, Mockaby, Card. Without a doubt, this was Card's best game, I think, right? He only threw for 300 yards one time this year. I think it was against Syracuse. Um, but Mike talked about the Minnesota game. Now today, I think, what he was dealing with rib-wise, you know, Ryan Walter said Monday or Tuesday, Still wasn't good, but he wanted to make a go of it as long as he could throw the ball. And and they went with Hudson Card, and um, kind of shows you his toughness too, right? He's he's got a very understated personality. He's almost quiet, um, but I don't think there's any doubt he's a tough guy, and he, and he does have a, a skill set that 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 they can continue to work with, no doubt.
0: I'll close, Mike Carmen. I don't know at least where I was watching. I said, Scort- "Scorton's offsides." I said they're going to definitely. Throw it looked like he timed that. He must have timed it perfectly because they didn't throw a flag. I didn't see whether Tom Allen and company were screaming and yelling on the other sidelines, but he absolutely anticipated that. And Tom DeNart, you're right. Uh, he just made the play. But talk about that. And Thieneman making plays, uh, you know, again, this is not the, the uh, 85 Bears. I get that. Um, I had to relate to you there, Mike, on your Bears. But uh, there were, were better were better days for the Bears. But there were some things there that, uh, that you saw some big plays, uh, uh, and those three have made them really all year for Purdue.
2: Yeah, I mean, either Scordner, or Cadron Jenkins need to be first team all Big Ten based on the seasons that they have. I mean, yeah. for Purdue to get two guys – on, on that would be probably highly unlikely, but yeah. at least one of those guys needs to be first team all Big Ten when you look at the seasons that they've had and you look at what, you know, Scorton did today. They've had those kind of years, but Purdue will probably get penalized in some degree because of, you know, when you start looking at numbers and how many points they've given up and yards and stuff like that. But those two guys had all Big Ten all first big 10 first team type seasons and be a shame if one of them doesn't get recognized, but you know, Dylan Thienemann is on his way to becoming oh, yeah. the interception leader in program history. Uh, assuming he's here four years. Um, you know, I think Cam Allen is probably shaking a little bit because he's, he's tied for second and he probably won't be in that position very long. Mm. Uh, Thienemann keeps doing what he, what he's doing. So, uh, individual plays by the defense were big today, you know, individual plays by the offense, um, you know, obviously we're, we're huge. And, um, you know, now it's just a matter of finding some more pieces to go with both units. They got to clean up a lot of things on special teams. I'm not sure anybody oh, yeah. in the field could, could catch Jalen Lucas uh, on that kickoff return, but they, there's areas and special teams that really need attention. Number one, finding consistent kicking, even though, you know, you could, you know, Ben Freehill really bounced back after that early miss and got, got Purdue very got got Purdue nine important points mm-hmm. uh, as you as you went through the game. But they need more consistency out of the kicking game. They need more consistency out of special teams. I mean, there's a lot of areas they've got to touch on in, in the offseason, whether it, it's done through recruiting or done through done through the transfer portal uh, to clean these things up. They need more pieces. Uh, especially with the schedule that they they're going to have to face next year and beyond, um, you know it, it's a bit of an uphill climb for this program and others in the Big Ten of who they have to play every year. And you know you're going to have to upgrade your talent and uh, level of play uh, to really uh, compete uh, in, in the Big Ten because today mm-hmm. the Big Ten West came to an end. It's RAP for the Big Ten West, and there's no mechanism now available uh for for a way to win a division you gotta you gotta win the whole thing to to get it done
0: you know i hate to think that the three of us had probably been over a, well over a hundred bucket games in one number i know it means we're all old uh between the three of us that uh, if we add them all together but there's always a guy or two it seems like for Purdue and others that come out of nowhere and and I, I heck I've spent this entire year trying to learn Purdue's roster. Now I'm a little slow on the uptake just because all the new names. But George Burhan, he was huge. Uh, five catches, seventy four yards, of, and and the run after catch. uh But he had forty six out of his seventy four yards run after after catch. Yeah. But you have guys Drew bibberhead and nah, I drews played more. This was I think Tom Burhan's first snaps of the year. Am I right? But I know Bibber had played earlier, but his first catch of the year, and it was a big one also. But there have been bucket heroes over the years of guys that just kind of come out of nowhere to to get the job done. But uh, this was another case of it for Purdue and those guys. I know that was a lot of that was in the first half, but uh, it wasn't like things were going well uh, for Purdue offensively in the first half. They needed everything that they could possibly, they being Purdue, to muster.
1: He he, he looks like a promising guy, fellas. Yeah, he He sure does. A true freshman. Mike asked me about him during the game too, if he was still eligible to redshirt. I went to Pro Football Focus and he had already played in five games this year.
0: Oh, uh, teams. Yeah, okay. I knew he'd seen so some snaps.
1: Team. I just wasn't sure how many he had played in. Okay. I think like Jordan Jordan Jones said to Ryan Walters has said before, he's not interested in preserving guys' redshirts anyway. So if you get a little more the yeah. transfer portal era too now, guys, why 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 sit on a guy if you think he can help you out? Um it's, it's a whole different mindset, I think, now for these coaches. But he's he's a good looking athlete. If you ever stood next to him, tall and lean, a legit six foot five. But that and long he,
0: hair too, Tom. Long which we hair, long realize.
1: glorious hair, man. I, Only I, Carm's got good hair in this group. So there you go. Carm, <laughs> Carm's got he's, he's got the quaff. He's got the stash. I he's know. Good I good know. Look. I'm but jealous. Go ahead. I had, I, I, I had George Barron here in 1985. It was glorious too. But, <laughs> but he can run. He he was a great track athlete. That's hurdler. And we, we we finally saw him used as a pass catcher. He got he got target, I should say. And Ryan Walter said after the game, he not only played tight end, he also used him at receiver today. And um, we all know pretty was pretty compromised at receiver. Oh. Uh, TJ Sheffield going to the portal, right? And then of course the injuries, right? Uh, Mershon Rice is hurt. Abdul um, Rahman, you Abdurrahman hasn't played in months, and uh, they, they've been real thin at that core all year and andrew sawinski was out today so yeah to have, have a guy like that emerge will really help and also to garrett miller speaking of tight ends yeah unfortunately you know he goes down these other kids step up you feel bad for garrett miller right uh we didn't ask about garrett in the post game we probably should have but you hope for the best but we all know what he's gone through to get back from that injury and training camp way back in august of 2022
0: all right, Mike, you had something to say, though. Garrett Miller's well, I was injury just, was not pretty. Well, I was going Go to ahead.
2: mention Garrett Miller because it is, you know, George probably doesn't get on the field if Garrett Miller mm-hmm. doesn't get hurt. And yeah. But as Tom mentioned, I mean, this has been a long road for Garrett Miller since he injured his knee at the beginning of training camp in 2022. Mm-hmm. And to make it through the end of the season to the last game and injure whatever he injured. You know, we don't know exactly what his injury is, but anytime you got to get carted off, it's not good news. Um, I mean, here's a guy, you know, Tom and I talked during the game that when he was paired with Payne Durham um, a couple years ago, it, you know, Purdue had probably one of the best one-two tight end combinations in the league. That's no disrespect to what Iowa produces every year, but <laughs> yeah, from a Purdue standpoint, those two guys – you know they they played off each other. You know Garrett Miller is is extremely athletic for his size, and there just seemed to be a lot of promise there for him to um, to potentially take over that spot. And he's just been riddled with injuries, and you know hopefully he can he can get back and do it do it again. But uh, it's, it's probably going to be a long road for him. But that's I just make sure that we kind of mention him as as a guy that um, you know that, you know, Purdue would like to have back and, you know, potentially, you know, play a big role next year.
0: Yeah, he did go through senior day as well, and his injury was not pretty uh if you watch the replay and you don't want to watch it if you did it was not not fun to look at and uh it does you know we're not uh, doctors on the show but uh, it it looked like it's going to be a long road there uh getting that fixed looking maybe a fracture of sorts but uh ho- hopefully it will be because that's a t- hopefully it will be something he can deal with in the near term mm-hmm. all right tom as you look ahead now um uh, you know it, it, again this four and eight maybe is on the very low end of the spectrum we talked about numbers of wins this year and we're thinking four through seven but four is the low number there yeah. uh, and yet the Big Ten we know now that Big Ten's already changed because Jonathan Smith's apparently coming from Oregon State to Michigan State so Purdue will face a new coach when it goes to Corvallis next year in week number three I believe it is you have Notre Dame on a schedule. We're not uh, wishing the summer away. You get open with Indiana state as the things start, but it is just, it's going to be a new era of big 10 football and uh, one that Ryan Walters and company are going to have to embrace to get themselves to where you can win six or seven games, just based on that schedule.
1: Yeah, Al, you've already fast forward past the
0: basketball season, buddy. I know. Well, we can't talk about that. It's, 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 it's <laughs> we'll leave that up to Newbert. He's been doing such a good job hey, with that. Uh, the the producer will be ranked number one, and they don't play Rutgers till late January. <laughs> there you go. You got the right one there.
1: just taking the lid off. But yeah, Alan, you're right. Uh, Indiana State's the opener next year. Notre Dame follows at home, followed by the uh, 24-4 ballast to face an always plucky Oregon State team. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a brand new Brave World. You know, we've talked about that a lot. How this Big Ten is now an 18-team conference. Almost a, a I mean, it's a mega conference upon itself, right? One through 18, no divisions. The top two teams will play in the Big Ten championship game moving forward. How they decide those teams if there's tiebreakers, I'm not sure whether they'll figure that out at some point. But again, um, Purdue State faces obviously a challenge to to ever try to get back up to the where they were at last year to play in the championship game. Um, Oregon comes to West Lafayette next year. That's their that's their pack or their former Pac-12 opponent. And um, yeah, just some this is gonna be a challenge, you know. Notre Dame's back on the schedule. We talked about that for the next four years. Not good timing. Mike talked about he talked about that in the press box too. Had Purdue known this 18 team conference was coming, I doubt they would have scheduled the series with Notre Dame, right? One of them got an East Timbuktu state in here. Uh, somebody, Some blood donor you're going to give them a check to, to to get beat up. But here they are. <laughs> they stack Notre Dame on top of all these other Big Ten teams. So and it's not going to get any easier. And uh, it's always a challenge at Purdue, right? It seems like maybe this new era may be even more challenging than before. But we'll see how it all unfolds. It's, it's going to be a fun soap opera to watch continue to develop. And I'm just really eager to see how this roster gets rebuilt and constructed by by Ron Walters, and company moving forward.
0: Yeah, Mike, you know, you look at one line, it will go to put a wrap on this here relatively soon but 59,000 people here today and 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 and, you know it's funny I took a picture 20 minutes before the game and there probably weren't 12,000 in the facility it was a cool day cold day Uh, but the fact the fans showed up I thought was another very important sidebar to this year I know the students and the students were better than I anticipated of course they're on break not everybody came back but uh, a crowd of over 59,000 today you can't complain uh it certainly is a good sign I think for Purdue football the fact that in your six home games this year uh or was it it seven uh, that uh, you had really good crowds for for all of them Uh, and the Minnesota and Indiana games were the ones that may have impressed me the most just the fact that uh, fans showed up and yeah there were a lot of IU fans here today but not to be not to not a huge surprise but still a great crowd and uh, that has to bode well at least at the seems to me there's going to be a culture of having fans in the stands and of course having Notre Dame come here next year and that schedule is going to going to create yeah. some interest from the season ticket standpoint. Yeah I mean there just across the country I think you just have a
2: strong appetite for college football yeah. no matter where you're at I mean and you know maybe this is going to be the norm now for Purdue uh, that you can kind of battle through a four and eight season, but still get close to sellouts as you get to November, even though you're eliminated from bowls and on surf on the surface, there's not a lot to play for, but there still seems to be a healthy appetite for, you know, being at the stadium, having that experience. And I know Purdue has done some different things to create different experiences for people because, you know, that's kind of what it's become in sports is, it's no longer just go watch the game and leave. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta get yourself involved in some sort of experience and uh, things like that. But however you get them in the stands, you know, now you gotta keep them. And, you know, this, how Purdue finished the season probably helps the ticketing campaign and other things like that as you move into the off season, because Purdue, you know, you're, you're going to get, new opponents in ross Stadium over time. You're going to get – you know, Oregon's been here before, but they haven't been here since oh, – Eight. 08. Yep, I mean, You know, Washington's going to come here for the first time probably in 20 or 25 years. Uh, you know, UCLA and USC, you know, they've been here before, but none of us remember it. So it's uh, – you're going to get some new opponents. You're going to get maybe some, some regular traditional Big Ten powers on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, You don't have to wait 10 years to see a Michigan or Ohio State. So, you know, again, I think there's a strong appetite for for people to watch college football. And, you know, right now I don't see any – I don't see that slowing down uh, in a way. Uh, Because, you know, you look at all Purdue's games this year, for the most part, they've been been competitive. They've been in it. And, um, you know, I think people are just kind of – I think they're eager to support something like this and maybe watch it build and see where it goes
0: indiana state notre dame nebraska oregon uh penn state uh and uh, all coming to ross eight stadium next year uh in addition to northwestern so that uh that puts, uh, puts a lot on it to, in terms of the opportunity to have uh, some big, some marquee games here in this facility. All right, Tom, I'll let you put the wrap on this. Give us some wisdom here in this final final segment. You're shaking your head. You're wisdomed yeah. out by this point. But no, uh, bucket wins are important for to Purdue fans. Uh, it's hard to minimize that. And uh, really a classic, fun football game to watch. I mean, the, I know Iowa State and Michigan was coming down the stretch and uh, it was exciting, but. And I'm, but uh, this was a fun game to watch in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, it really was. Probably, the, I, I think the most fun game of the year um, to to watch and consume and enjoy. Just all the all the fits and starts, the, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs for each team. You know, uh, got off to a little bit of a comical start with the missed field goal, the drop passes, oh, yeah. open zone guys as well. Uh, um, but it all sorted out to be a real fun game to watch. And a good way for fans to be able to end the year with a win and an exciting win over we'll your rival 35 to 31. Uh, you know, I think, I, like I, we said earlier, there's a reason for optimism when you look at Hudson Card coming back and, and some of the playmakers that they've gotten, Deion Burks as well. Um, we all know there's questions to be answered still as well. But, um, and who's, that, who's exactly going to be on that roster? Right? Yeah, that'll be it. Uh, we're watching guys like Nick Scorton, Kydron Jenkins, Gus Hartwig, Deion Burks. I mean, these these guys are probably going to have options. And will they remain West Lafayette or not? It's going to be interesting to see. That's a whole brave new world in college football. And uh, Ryan Walters understands that uh, more so than any coach out there, I think. He's a young guy. He gets it. And he I, I I got the sense he's going to do all he can to make sure he can procure the best talent that he can. So that, that's going to be a, the, the storyline, obviously, to watch him moving forward. All right, it'll be head on a swivel time <laughs> for
0: for uh, Tom and uh, covering all this uh, down down the road here as we inch in towards National Signing Day, but also obviously the trans, transfer portal opening up as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. We always appreciate it. It wasn't uh, 12 o'clock or 1, 12.30 uh, in the morning, so that's a good thing from today. We still There's a little bit of light left here in Ross H. Yeah. Stadium as we leave and uh carm and i will have our walk and he'll tell me something on this walk out that i will i won't forget it's always that way and i appreciate that as well so guys thanks again so much thanks to the union club hotel the 811 bistro boiler up bar and uh, we appreciate their sponsorship as well. There'll be a lot more on this video thing we keep doing. Uh, Brian Newbert and company uh, will be talking pretty basketball next week. And the Boilermakers will be number one for the third year in a row in basketball. That uh, That's a big deal as well. So have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. If you're traveling tomorrow, which many of you will, be safe out there. And we'll see you uh, down the road in our next uh, Saturday simulcast. Take care, everybody.